Welcome to Experience Means Business, a podcast by Adobe Professional Services. All right. Well, hey, team, we have a fantastic group of experts across Adobe Professional Services gathered here today. I'm truly honored because I feel like I talk to each of you guys individually or in groups of two, but we have all of you here together. What an awesome opportunity. Um, so Doug and Liz, we're going to be chatting with Jason about content supply chain. But before we get into that, you know, how's everybody doing? How's summer going? Doug, I know you're in the DC area. How's your summer been? It has not been as muggy as we thought. Um, it's been pretty good. We've um, been able to get the, the wonderful daughter outside skateboarding and bicycling and not totally drenched or buggy. So good. We're good. Awesome. And I think you guys are all kind of in the same region of the U.S., right? Liz, where are you and how's your summer going? Yeah, I'm uh, outside of Pittsburgh um, in a very small town. So um, Jason is probably roughly familiar with the area. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm an outside uh, gal. So spend most of my weekends and, and evenings kind of outside, try to hike and paddle as much as I can. So it's been the weather's been great for it this summer. It's been really nice. Awesome. And last but not least, Jason Dowsey, how are you, my friend? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, like Doug and Liz said, I'm kind of right in the middle of those two, and I visit both, right? So I'm in Maryland. Uh, I have family live in Pittsburgh, so I'm back there. I go to D.C. a lot with uh, with work and kids. Uh, but it's been fantastic. I mean, the summer has been great. It's We've been getting outside. It hasn't been as, uh, the weather hasn't been as oppressive as it usually is, which is nice in, in the you know northeast region with humidity when you go outside. I have a beard, so, you know, not a whole lot of hair. So when I go outside, you know, and most people get their hair get curly. My beard gets curly when it's human outside. So I need to watch when I go outside. But it's been a fantastic summer so far. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm actually an ex-Marylander and ex-New Yorker myself. So grew up uh, outside D.C. in Bethesda, Maryland. Go Orioles, by the way, leading the league. Can't wait. World Series. Here we come. Uh, but spent a lot of time in New York, but actually reside down in the hot, humid south of the United States here in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I think today it's a blistering 101 degrees outside. So hopefully my AC keeps going. Uh, otherwise, if I start perspiring, it's not because I'm, you know, sweating content, right? I'm just sweating bullets of humidity and heat. Um, well, awesome. Well, let, yeah, let's kind of, you know, we're bantering here a little bit. It's really fun. But uh, for those who don't know us professionally, we can do a little quick introduction. So yours truly, I'll be your informed moderator for this series of content supply chain by Adobe Professional Services on our Experience Means Business podcast channel. So this is our pilot episode. Uh, we've never done this before with all of us together. So I'm really excited. Um, I'll be, as I said, hosting this episode and the future ones to come. I'm on the Adobe Professional Services marketing team. So representing all things content supply chain, as well as generative AI, uh, Adobe Experience Manager, Adobe Commerce, and basically the whole Experience Cloud, and now Creative Cloud. So really excited to be here. Uh, but real quick, let's just state um, who we are from a professional perspective, and we'll jump in. Jason, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh I concentrate mostly on the AEM platform, the Adobe Experience Manager platform. I'm a solution architect, so we usually get really deep with customers on the technical needs, how they line up with their business. 
Uh, but once again, I'll, I'll really focus in on uh, Adobe Experience Manager uh, for the web and for assets and forms, all those great things. And Doug? Um, I'm from the Digital Performance Strategy team, and we do mostly content strategy for um, Adobe clients. And a lot of that is um, tech, non-technological work, spanning, setting content value, um, talking about uh, governance and planning for content programs and publishing programs. And we cover the AEM world sometimes and the workfront world sometimes and neither other times. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above or none of the above, right? right. That great SAT answer. Uh, Liz. Yeah. So um, I'm a workfront technical solution architect, similar to Jason's role, but with a lot of expertise um, on the workfront side. So helping customers understand um, how their processes will fit into the technology that we offer um, and helping them understand what implementations will look like. Long history with Workfront. I'm a, I was a Workfront customer for almost 10 years before I joined Adobe. So excited to be here and excited to be working on content supply chain where we bring everything together. Love that. Love that. And content supply chain where we bring everything together. So it's funny. I'll start out with a little story. So uh, a while back when I first heard the term content supply chain, uh, I, I was, you know, typing into the Google machine, what is content supply chain? So this is pre-chat GPT, right? So it kind of just spit out everything at me. And it, you know, threw something out. It's like, oh, you know, uh, content that's in a cargo carrier that's stuck in a supply chain malfunction in China, right? <laughs> that's literally what I got back. So how far we've come. Uh, and Adobe has been at the forefront, I think, of pioneering ways to understand and optimize your content supply chain. And we'll talk all about that, but I think for folks that might be in the same boat I was a while back about not understanding what is the content supply chain, I think that's where we can start our first episode and our first question, right? So, you know, what is a content supply chain and what does it mean to customers that we deal with every day? Jason? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, It's kind of an interesting topic because, you know, coming from a background of mine, like I, I was around when internet wasn't around and now I am internet here. So the grant conversations with customers, I think a lot of it comes from, it's not really new. What is new though, is that we're creating content at a unparalleled pace, right? You know, addressing customer needs with hyper-personalization. If you think about it, like, you know, when I was younger, uh, we had certain social media platforms where we had uh, the top eight and we were trying to customize a hyper and personalize for our friends. Organizations are doing that at a scale that's huge, right? So across the world, so how do you do that in a, in a really quick, quick and efficient way to address your consumer needs? And, and really, that's where content supply chain comes in, being able to produce the right content at the right speed to get to your audience at the right time, right? So that's that's essentially in its essence. A lot of our customers that were that I talked to, at least on, on, on the Adobe Experience Manager side, has you know multiple different partners that they're trying to facilitate content to, working with a lot of different people at different stages of content creation. And not always knowing what what's going on at different times. How much is it costing? Is it being is it worth it? Uh, all those things kind of are bubbling up to this ma massive content supply chain push. Now, you know, obviously Doug and, and Liz are going to have tremendous more insights with uh, customers they're talking to. But you know, every customer has that same general vein, right? Doug, I don't know if you're seeing the same things. Um, I th a lot. 
Um, we, I, I came out of desktop publishing back in the day too, and uh, we're seeing just, just sort of like globally expanded uh, versions of the same problems. Um, people wonder when something's going to get made that they eagerly anticipate. Um, so we have, you know, a lot of questions about what goes on in creative operations and, um, people wondering how they're going to be able to afford to reach more people or, you know, publish at higher volumes, uh, or higher quality, uh, or with in global markets, uh, that they've haven't been in before. And we see those challenges, um, become especially interesting and complicated given the number of channels and devices and other things that we now can reach through publishing. So there's, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of, uh, ultimately governance problems that goes with making decisions about building publishing systems for those many, many needs. So that's what we see. It's, it's, um, it looks a little bit different for every client, but it's similar problems it's the similar shapes and we can bring a lot to bear on those problems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You touched on a good point, Doug is, is governance, right? You know, when you have a, a constant supply chain framework, like we're, we're dealing with new technology all the time, right? So we're dealing with generation uh, generative AI that's coming out. I mentioned hyper-personalization where we're trying to personalize content uh, for every single visit, right? That governance comes into a big factor when you talk about constant supply chain, right? I think also, obviously, I'm a, I'm a grew up on the internet person, so <laughs> I'm kind of the other end of this spectrum. But it's interesting, you know, a lot of our customers, I think, have the technology that they need for all of these different pieces. But where a lot of folks are struggling is how to understand the intersection points between those different pieces of technology and how they tie together, right? So we may have Workfront in the mix and we may have AEM in the mix and maybe even other products in the middle of that. But it's really understanding how to make all of those pieces work together in the most efficient way. So you know, how are we planning and, and setting ourselves up for success from when the work is starting to come in? How are we collecting metadata that informs how we find that content and reuse it later? So it's really thinking about from like the idea, the initial idea of needing to create content all the way through where we're pushing it out and how we can really interconnect all of the different pieces to make it efficient and cost effective and, you know, think about variations and things so that we can meet that growing demand. Yeah. So, so if I'm hearing, we have, we have need for content at, at an unprecedented, unprecedented uh, uh, rate. We have governance needs and now we have technology that, that folks have and, and don't know how to put it together. I think that is the makings of content supply chain, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes people pick up the phone, you know, to Adobe more often than not. Uh, and so, you know, if, if picking up the phone to Adobe right now for those ingredients of content supply chain is, is what we're seeing from customers, why is now the right time? Are we seeing kind of an, an increase in need for this type of, um, you know, solutioning, right? Or what are you guys seeing from your customer base today? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm from the old days. So, you know, we had floppy disks and, and we thought well, we would never fill a two gig flash drive with content. There's no way. Uh, and now I can go buy a, a terabyte flash drive at, at no cost or low cost, right? Content is not slowing down. The need for personalization isn't slowing down. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get faster. So it's only, it's only going to be more expected from customers. So addressing this now and addressing content, your content supply chain in context of something that is achievable today is going to help long term, right? It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get 
faster and, and more complicated. I think also like what we're seeing from an economic standpoint, right, is like we we have this hugely increased demand for all of this content, but we need to do all of it faster and cheaper than we've ever done it. And so I think that's where like a lot of content supply chain comes into play. Like one of the main things we talk about is like asset reuse. And Jason's kind of the expert on, you know, that piece of things, but it's okay. So we're creating content, but then maybe we can't find it. And as we need more and more and more of those assets, because that's such an important part of how we, you know, send information to our customers right now, I think there's more of a demand to understand how we can pick up things that we've already created and repurpose them faster so that we can get that content back out to, you know, our customers, customers. Yeah. That's sometimes a presenting issue, especially for clients that have say they're producing large volumes of sales content and sales collateral and large volumes of customer facing product content that is broadly similar and are now thinking like, you know, we could actually have this in the same repository and use it in this similar ways and converge those processes. Um, I think a lot of, you know, places with really heavy product catalogs deal with that. On the other hand, sometimes we see, you know, companies with a lot of, uh, rights managed content that want to get, a, to get a grip on how it's delivered and what channels that can be delivered, um, when to sunset it, when licenses run out, stuff like that. So there's a, a layer of, management that they want to be able to put in end to end on process to make sure that items are logged particularly well or delivered accurately at the other end. And sometimes we are solving that suite of problems for, you know, for asset management, you know, across the, from end to end. And uh, it, it, there's lots of different kinds of clients who come to us, you know, from media and entertainment to financial services and pharma, which are heavily regulated to, um, the, uh, other, other tech companies, um, in many cases, you know, people who deal like us with, you know, the amount of information that surrounds complex software, we have to support clients. We have to have self-service as well as, you know, excellent other services. How do we get that out and published appropriately and in clients' hands when they need it? All those different things. Yeah. And yeah, and you you mentioned something that's that's unique, right? So as we talk about other verticals and other um, you know customer bases that are out there, you know, content is somewhat ambiguous in in those cases, right? So, uh, what is content for pharma versus what is content for technical? Um, you know, it, it, in, in in as I'm talking with customers, uh, and Liz mentioned it is, uh, you know, atomic level content, right? Uh, can we reuse content in our communications to our sales team or our, our content creation to our customers or our customers customer, right? Content is anything that we create in trying to communicate something to our end audience, right? If you think about it in that way and being able to break down content in, in its atomic format, whether it be copy, whether it be graphics, whether it be presentations, it allows us to create the things faster, but also allows us to reuse things. So that way we're not uh, breaking brand, uh, having the same voice. Those things are massively important in, in the content supply chain, I think. And, you know, lot, one of the main topics that I talk with my customers about. And I also think when you talk like the different kinds of content and pulling content to different places, right? So like you may have sales materials and maybe your team works in Salesforce and that's where they need to be able to pull those materials from. I think that's also another really big part of content supply chain is thinking about 
where all the different places that we need to send this at the end of the day and things like, you know, maybe a Salesforce are less um, top of mind than, you know, where we would deploy an email from. But I think it's a really important use case to think about, you know, at the end of all of this, no matter what kind of content you're creating, the goal is to be able to automate or streamline the way that you're not only planning for and creating and storing that content, but where you're pushing it out to at the end of it as well. Can we, you know, have something on the back end that says this is where this goes at the end of the day um, so that you don't have folks like manually pushing things around? And I think that's like a really important piece of kind of the the ingredients of what we talk about when we talk about content supply chain. That's a great point, Liz. I see actually more customers today um, considering using their web content management systems also as our internal document management systems. Um, mm -hmm. We see a, a cases for differential access to asset management systems and using them in the ways that people used to use document of another big, you know, internal content management systems. So we're able to take on that range of um uh, problems as well and even more so with our you know our document cloud teammates um so it's it's been it's been very interesting i didn't i definitely didn't expect that development in the last few years but it's come up now three times in the past two weeks with clients it's here <laughs> that is awesome no and it's from floppy disk to today right so you know we mentioned some of the challenges and use cases that our customers are coming to us with here at adobe professional services what what are some of the solutions that we provide how can professional services from adobe help customers solve some of these content supply chain challenges yeah and like i said i'll you know liz and and, and doug have some really good insights here too but you know when we start to think about content supply chain and, and you and you kind of look at you know, your content operations, your your content technology, and then your adoption across all those, right? So if you're, you know, launching the, like Liz said, having technology out there doesn't mean that uh, it's going to be used properly or used in a way that's going to streamline your content supply chain. Uh, generally, when we start to look at those, those three major kind of pillars of things, there's different pieces of parts that we try to like, you know, progress customers through from like readiness all the way through enhancing it and then adoption from other platforms like those di distribution channels. So, you know, as, as the teams engage with customers, we start looking at all the content, start looking at the end-to-end -end process and, and the life cycle of content. Doug mentioned uh, disposition and archival and Liz talked about workflow, all those things that go into a content supply chain. We like to have a holistic view uh, of those technologies and those processes to, to recommend the best path for any additional customer. Yeah, I, you know, that it, I, I, you just brought something to mind that I've forgotten about is we actually end up doing a lot of a lot of excavation and research with our yeah. own clients. And usually we're we're like we end up surprising them by the breadth and reach of their own, you know, publishing processes. Sometimes we're getting people around the table for the first time in a workshop setting, or we're getting, you know, information about far, you know, far flung portions of their publishing empire back to the the mothership and it's um we it, people are, are are just usually don't see you know over the top of all the things that happen with content in their enterprise and i think it feels like presenting those big pictures is usually the 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 biggest contribution we make and then we have to try to harness the will to you know tackle it all as a big picture um and sometimes with I, my colleagues in the uh, operations group, the um, adoption and change group, 
which works in part of, as part of our organization, spend a lot of time on the ground trying to build organizations around publishing or more functional relations about publishing than the ones the clients are outgrowing. Yeah. And I think like to that point, Doug, you know, part of it is helping to understand the bigger picture, but also a, a really important part that goes along with that is not saying we need to do absolutely every part of this at once, right? And so I think like that's one of the big things that from an Adobe professional services perspective, we've been thinking about in, you know, what's going to work best for our customers. And a lot of that is being able to break this down into phases, right? That makes sense. So maybe it's doing a readiness or discovery phase to kick things off and then setting up, you know, really the core pieces of what makes sense um, for their content supply chain in like a foundational phase. And then we can think about scaling and innovating um, as we kind of move through the process. But it's also not to say that we may get through that readiness or, or discovery phase at the beginning and say, wow, this customer is really like ready to move into innovation, right? So um, I think it's the the flexibility of creating a phased approach where we can say, um, you know, let's assess up front, but that doesn't mean that you're maybe starting at square one. It could be, you know, you guys are ready to start introducing some of the more, um, you know, mature concepts of content supply chain, like the the gen AIs of the world, um, and I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind when, as a you know, as a business, you're thinking about undertaking this. It's understanding the big picture, but also not boiling the ocean um, as we kind of sure. jump into the the plan for how to address yeah. it. The next step is really is really strategic. It's really focusing yeah. and deciding what's important to do first, next, and later, and where the organization needs to head because we know in content world. Also, all those pieces pull against each other sometimes. Um, you know, there, people want high freedom for their producers and, you know, lots of creative freedom and they want to lock down and govern at the same time. Okay. Where's the trade off? How do we, how do we get that? How do we yeah. get that sorted out with them? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like Liz mentioned, you know, at least of the team that we work with every day, uh, you know, when we start to look at those, uh, those processes and, and taking that small bite of the first step. It's really just what, what can generate the most value for that organization, for whatever organization we're talking about. And having that and having Adobe Professional Services there, we can guide customers of of what might be the best step for them uh, to get the most bang for their buck and, and their most value of the technology, um, their operations internally, and also get their content out faster. Well, awesome. I think uh, you guys have illustrated a fantastic overview of what the content supply chain is. Uh, note, it is not a shipping container stuck uh, in a port overseas, right? Uh, and then why our customers are coming to us today, right? And what we're proposing as solutions to overcome some of these challenges. So Jason, Doug, Liz, thank you so much for sharing your insights. For everybody who's tuning in, make sure you stay tuned for the next episode where we'll talk about how we start to optimize your content supply chain and the exact steps that we start to take to achieve measurable outcomes. So make sure you tune in for that episode. And if you still have a floppy disk laying around in your drawer, I think I do somewhere with some 8-bit graphics on there. You know, uh, you can keep using that if you want. But I'd say reach out to your Adobe Professional Services rep um, if you want to learn more about our content supply chain service offerings. So for now, signing off, it's your fantastic Adobe team. 
Have a wonderful rest of your day or evening, wherever you are. And remember, Adobe's there when you need us. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let us know what you think by writing to us at infoacs.com. At See you later for more.